0: hello and welcome to this week's episode of engaging in teaching and learning a podcast produced by the virtual learning lounge a network of online resources focused on teaching and learning at las cruces public schools through our interviews with lcps staff we want to celebrate what's happening in our district and learn more about how we can support all learners i am your host jesse perrio and co-hosting with me today is jeanette Covarrubia, and for those of you who listen to the show regularly you know that she she is on the show with me regularly as my elementary expert. So thank you, Jeanette. And we also have Lisa Hufstadler with us today and she is our district's associate director of teaching and learning for K-12 math. So um, both, both of you, thank you for, for helping me out today on the show, I appreciate it. Uh, today's show, um, we have invited three elementary teachers who are doing amazing things with the district's new elementary curriculum. Our guests today are Riley Garza from Desert Hills Elementary, Gabriel Tanney from Alameda Elementary, and Susan Barker, also from Alameda Elementary. Uh, before we get started, could each of you just give us a brief bio, uh, how long you've been teaching, what grades do you teach, um, little, any, anything else you want to share with us? And Riley, if you want to start us out.
1: So um, my name is Riley and this is my second year teaching. This is my first year teaching in Las Cruces. My first year I taught was in Carlsbad, New Mexico. So I have switched districts within the span of a year and all this crazy distance learning. And so I'm pretty much just used to the distance setting at this point. And that's how my teaching career has started and how it will continue until further notice.
0: Awesome, thank you, Susan.
2: Hi, my name is uh, Susan Barker. I teach kindergarten. I've been teaching with the district for twenty years. All of it has been done at Alameda, and I did two years in first grade. And I was born and raised here, so
0: that's
3: pretty
2: much it.
0: Cool. And Gabriel,
3: Uh, I'm Gabriel Tanny. This is my fourth year teaching, and all of it has been at Alameda. And three of those four years have been in fourth grade, so I'm pretty comfortable with the fourth grade curriculum and um yeah it's that's, that's pretty much my teaching experience right
0: there awesome and um so jeanette and lisa at this point i'm just gonna let you drive the conversation with your with your math questions so thank you
4: great thank you thank you for those introductions um, i'm excited to go ahead and jump in so in the past we know that our district used envisions prior to iReady classroom mathematics and we know that they differ tremendously in regards to the rigor and the mathematical tasks. So since you've started using iReady, what is the most powerful tool you think iReady Math offers?
3: So I'll go ahead and start. And like, I'll say that previously we did have Envisions, but um, it was kind of a huge mess when it came to, um, the curriculum itself like we got the consumable and that was pretty much it like I never received any type of envisions training for math but then uh this year we adopted iReady and just having that curriculum to refer to has been really awesome so the the flow and just having that um, teacher toolbox to refer to is really awesome and the progression makes it easy and there's so many different resources that you can go and find to adapt your your teaching and differentiate and whatnot. So that's, for me, one of the biggest things that I've just really um, loved about iReady is having that curriculum.
4: I agree. I think that teacher toolbox is definitely um, golden for me. Um, Riley, what about you? What is one of the most powerful tools that that you believe iReady Math has to offer?
1: So I made like a little list because I think iReady has so much to offer. I love the reports, like to see where my students are at. I love the interactive tutor- tutorials, especially with my small group settings, especially for my visual learners and all of that. And then the digital math tools, especially for the kids. So they they have the tools accessible to them at all times and they don't have to have the tangible items with them if they're traveling from place to place.
4: Absolutely.
2: Okay. Um. I was gonna piggyback on a little bit of what Riley said. Um, Some of those interactive tools and um, a lot of visuals that since I teach kindergarten, it's really important for them to see things like that. And so um, I've utilized a lot of that. And I like how everything is just um, so easy to access. Like um, the workbooks, some of our kids haven't been able to get the workbooks. And so you can easily go there and download a lot of that stuff and we've been using Nearpod so it's so easy to upload those activities and be able to see the students working with them and um, I really like that feature there's there's quite a few because there's a lot in there but sometimes you just have to play with it
4: to <laughs> understand how much is in there you're right there is absolutely so many components of iReady so many great components um, And so you kind of talked about um, using the the interactive math videos um, and with Nearpod. And Riley, you mentioned um, the digital math tools. So have you guys used these math tools um, to meet the needs of hands-on learners? How have you guys dealt with that? I know many students thrive off of having hands-on manipulatives to help them out with math. So how have, how have you guys met the needs of your hands-on learners with this curriculum?
2: Um, I've used some of the, like you said, some of the digital tools and um, like uh, stuff is really easy to access, um, like the 10 frames and there's cubes and things like that. And yes, we would love to have them working with them, hands-on, but because we can't do that, it's really uh, easy to use that stuff in iReady and be able to show them on there. I actually like the PowerPoint slides too and um, I've used those to write things on there and um, try to use the interactive manipulatives which is really cool. And I think the kids are grasping those concepts and I use the interactive videos to kind of piggyback on some of that stuff.
4: Those are very specific examples. Um, so I, I know you teach kindergarten, right, Sue? So you said using the 10 frames as digital math tools has really helped you in your class. And Riley, you teach first grade, is that correct? Yes. How, do you have a specific example of how the digital math tools have helped you in your classroom?
1: it just gives them a better picture I think instead of me just like talking like oh use your 10 frame we're going to use counters and then I can pull it and they can pull it as well and just follow along with me and I think it really helps them engage in my lessons
4: what about virtual math games I know that um, iReady offers some pretty fun virtual math games for the kiddos that go along with their lessons have any of you guys used those to meet the needs of your hands-on learners
3: I know they're there for the kids and I've, I've mentioned them, um, but that's kind of a, a portion of iReady that I haven't really explored, but I, I have it open and the kids know about it. So um, it's available for them and they are nice. Like the games really engage them and do test those math skills. They're not just like cool math games, which we all know has nothing to do with math, but um, it actually engages them and, and tests their math skills. So I think that's really good.
4: Yeah, it is. Um, one thing I really like about iReady is the way it structures its lesson design, um, and, and it structures them with the three components right with explore develop and refine. How do you guys think that the lesson design helps students take ownership of their learning.
3: So I think it, it really does do a good job of scaffolding um, with the the way it's laid out and all the visual representations and the the modeling it does from um, i think those those visual representations and just how how thorough it breaks down each step especially like um, in fourth grade when you have to know kind of what you're doing with different algorithms and stuff but each each step is broken down and kind of explained and visualized for the, the kids too and i think Um, They really need that and and that kind of gives us a a better view at where some misconceptions are or some just holes that these these kids are coming to us with, especially with the way we ended last year and are going this year, it it really gives us a better idea of where these these kids are.
2: Yeah, um, one of the things I like to I know you talked about um, all the different types of lessons. And one of the things I like to do at the end of those lessons also to help the kids understand if they're um, uh, actually grabbing the concepts is the comprehension checks. And with kindergarten, because they're so young and they're, um, they can't sit for very long, most of them are like five questions and they're, a lot of them are multiple choice or things like that. And so when they take that assessment and then you can show them you know, okay, you had a little trouble with this. And then like you said, maybe refine the lesson for them or uh, reteach it to them. So I, I, I like that part of the iReady.
4: Yeah, I think the refine part of the lesson design is amazing. It, it has students straighten their skills through all of these practice and applications, right? Like the ones you just mentioned. Um, you're reteaching, you're reinforcing with those comprehension checks. And if they can do that in kindergarten, they can do that in any grade, I assume, right? Um, That is amazing. That's amazing to hear that kindergartners are are capable of refining their lessons and and doing that at their own pace. All right. how how is differentiation made easy with this new curriculum i know there's so many tools that we can use and we've mentioned some of them what is one way that you believe iReady helps you differentiate instruction for your students
1: i like really have enjoyed the prerequisite report and so before i dive into each new lesson it groups my students on their skill set and where they might need more help or they have mastered that concept and I can just continue moving on. And so I look at the report and how I'm going to approach the lesson and how I'm going to pull them into small groups and what skills I'm going to focus on. And so that's how I've used it. And I think that it helps tremendously, especially with each new lesson, because for each lesson, each child needs something different.
4: Absolutely, Riley. I am so glad that you brought up the prerequisites report. I think that is hands down super important to use because it groups your students for you and it really does it accurately. And when you group your students by their learning needs, it's so much easier to differentiate instruction for small group and for whole group, right? So it gives you, those prerequisite reports will give you actual lesson plans to teach to those specific groups. Have Do any of you guys use, um, the mini lessons for reteaching lesson concepts in the toolbox. Have any of you guys pulled up those lessons?
3: Yeah, no, I've pulled those up and then um, assign them through iReady under Teacher Assigned, and I think just having that information is, is so useful. But the thing is, is the the diagnostic is a huge a huge help. But um, one thing I will say, and it was kind of a, a rough awakening at the start uh rude awakening at the start of the semester was having these kids get through it because none of us really had experience with iReady and for fourth grade it took over an hour for these kids to take it but once they get through it it's like it's such a time saver for sure and it gives you so much information and tools that you can use so um just getting them through that diagnostic was such a a good help and then um like miss Garza was saying the the grouping and the prerequisites will just tell you um, where you should put your kids and what what their needs are, so.
4: So, Gabe, I'm glad that you brought up the diagnostic um, because there's so many of those diagnostic reports that we can use. Do you all have a favorite diagnostic report to analyze your classroom data? I know we have, Susan mentioned the comprehension checks, there's the prerequisites, right, the diagnostic. Um, Which one is your absolute favorite and why?
3: So I know I use the um, comprehension checks a lot for math, just like after we're done with refine, I go and assign the comprehension check. And I think just uh, having that report is just like basically all all your other assessment um, programs where it breaks it down by each question, and you can see what each kid did um, and where they have those misunderstandings. So having that tool built into the, the program is just, again, it's a time saver for sure. And it just gives us a better idea of where our kids at and what they need to succeed.
2: Yeah, and I think I mentioned that kind of like, um, that I like the comprehension checks, especially, like I said, because some of them are five questions. And then some of them have like an A section and a B section. So um, I like the way the lessons are scaffolded too, and they build on each thing. And like Mr. Tanny said, I think um, when you can give those little comprehension checks after you've done a week-long lesson or most of them are about five days you can kind of see where they struggled or where they might need help and you can um help them in when you're doing your grouping and so i like that part
1: i agree with the comprehension checks i also like the pretest, so then i can see how i need to teach my lesson what skills i really need to focus on And then as we build throughout the week, I look at the comprehension checks and I'm like, oh, can we move forward? Or do I need to go back and really focus in on these set of skills? And I just really think it's a great tool.
4: Do you guys think that the diagnostic mirrors how the child is actually doing in class? Do you think it's a pretty close representation to their performance in the classroom in comparison to other tests that we've used in the past?
3: I would definitely say so um, for a majority of the kids. I mean, just using that diagnostic and what you know about the kid, you you can tell whether the diagnostic is accurate or not. There's been a, f- a few instances where I know the kid was just clicking or didn't take the test seriously. And it, it's obvious in the diagnostic. And the good thing about it, though, is that you can go and adjust their, their lessons and where they're at. So even if they don't take it seriously. Just knowing the kid on a personal uh, one by one, one on one uh, basis, you can go and adjust his or her um, path.
4: I'm glad you brought that up. The MyPath um, structure is pretty awesome in the way that we are able to assign specific tasks for for our students. Do you guys feel? Um, Ms. Garza and Ms. Barker, do you guys also feel that the My Pathway is such an essential tool to be able to help differentiate instruction for these kiddos?
1: I do think it is because you have kids on one end of the spectrum and on the other, and it's totally tailored to their needs and where they can grow. And so I really like that aspect of it as well.
2: I also like how it's individualized per stu- for each student. The only problem I think I have is that I don't have a lot of kids that will get on it. And you kind of have to remind them you know, you need to get on there and work um, with your math and, and use my path. So, um, and I think going back to the diagnostic test, I think um, for kindergarten it was a little hard. It was like Mr. Tanny said, long and challenging questions. And hopefully most of the kids were doing it by themselves, but I mean, they are at home, so we aren't there to monitor them. And this is the first year that we've used it. So it's, we're not really familiar. like, I didn't get to see them take the test. So I wasn't sure like some of the questions when they first took it. So um, yeah. I think that's
5: been a little bit of a challenge. hard for the ones. Diagnostic was a learning experience, I think, for all of us that first time, and just wrapping our heads around like what it is, right? Like that, okay, this is a diagnostic test. It's going to change. And it's expected that the the kids will only get about half the questions, right? And so I think we were much better prepared to share that message um, with families and teachers the second time around, for sure.
4: Yeah, the second time for sure. I know for me was much smoother. How do you guys feel about that? Do you guys think that the second round was a little well-oiled, more oiled than the first time?
2: I, I, I feel like it was, but I do know like some parents once, and there's that little video you can send the parents like, please don't help them. Please let them do it by themselves. But, um, I think, um, they were a little bit better prepared this time around. So, and like I said, we just reminded them to be patient, make sure they answer the best they could and then go
4: to the next question. Yeah, so in comparison to our old curriculum, do you think that I Ready Math is better suited for virtual learning than EnVisions was?
3: yeah i would say for sure it is um just having all these online components um, built into it has been i mean so so nice with the virtual learning um it's been for me we we sent home the consumables with the kids so using that as um their hands-on i guess just having that that um tactile um, practice that they're still doing with the handwriting i think that mixed with all the online components has been really, really good. Um, I feel like it, it gives us an easy way to accurately and, I mean and get, just teach I, I guess, really as, as much as we can without really um, any, I guess pieces missing. It's just like a, a full the only thing I would say that we need is more time like that's what we need is more time in our, in our day, but also the kids are probably going to get burnt out if we do anything more, but.
1: For sure. Yeah.
4: Um, and that leads me to the last question. And that's what teacher supports do you think is still needed? I know this is our first year using this curriculum and there's so many components right to it. So many important components that, that are essential to um, having our students become successful and and mathematics. So is there something that you can think of that you think teachers still need support with in regards to this new curriculum? Um, I think
2: because there are so many components that like the last um, PD I did, I learned something new. I was like, oh my gosh, I did not know those videos were embedded into the curriculum. And so I think maybe just a little bit more, you know, professional developments, you know, because I'm one of those people that plays with it and tries to figure things out. Or I talk to my co- co-workers and talk about how, oh, I didn't know this was there or you use this. So a lot of time when we do like team planning and stuff, we discuss things like that and how to use it. And it has, uh I think like Mr. Tanny said, it has been I don't know how it would have been to use the other curriculum with this um, remote learning. I just don't even, I mean, because they had mats that we would take out and separate them and everything. And just like I said, how you can download a lesson and share it with them interactively through, like I said, Nearpod and get to see them doing the actual work like that. And even the the kids are kindergarten, you wouldn't believe they can, um, you can, send them a link through chat and they can go to it it's like amazing so i'm glad that we got this new curriculum
4: awesome well thank you for for those um insights on on our new math curriculum you guys have mentioned very specific specific stuff that is very helpful to to student learning and student success in regards to math. So thank you for that.
5: Before we sign off, um, I just have one last question that I'd like to ask the teachers. And Jeanette, if you want to wanna speak to this as well. Um, what do you, w- so thinking we've been in this new curriculum for like, I don't know, for a while, right? Six months, eight months, however long it's been. And so what do you know now about Ready Classroom Mathematics and iReady that you wish you had known in August?
4: Um, like Sue said, I wish I would have known about those videos, um, especially for new teachers or for teachers that are teaching a new grade level. Um, I know I've jumped from kindergarten to fifth grade, so those videos have been extremely helpful, and I just discovered them this last PD, so that is definitely something that I wish I would have known about, hands down, (laughs) at the beginning, because they have and in handy, and it's an actual video of a teacher teaching this lesson to students. And I think that that is probably one of the best tools that you can offer teachers. You know, being able to watch those recordings and seeing um, a lesson being taught live.
2: Yeah, I would have to agree with Jeanette also. And they're also great because you can um, send them to your students in Canvas, the ones that don't always attend the Zoom and they're yeah. able to see it and it's broken uh-huh. down step-by-step. Step. So I'd have to say those those videos also. And I didn't find out about those until I took the PD in January.
5: I think the videos are a newer addition to them. Oh. If that makes you feel any better, like it was one that they had kind of started on at the beginning of the year but they didn't have them out till like September or October, I think. So woohoo. But I'm glad that that they've been so helpful and responsive um, to your needs. Uh, Riley or Gabe, what about you? What do you know now that you wish you knew last fall?
1: Well, I, this last PD, I think I took it last week. I literally learned about the prerequisite report and I was like, wow, that's a game changer for every lesson I'm about to approach. And also like I kind of skimmed over the unit flow and I was like, oh, I don't really need that. I can just kind of work without it. And then I really dove into it and I was like, wow, this shows me how this needs to play out. And it really helps when I go to teach my lessons.
3: Um, and then one thing I would say is the uh, the lesson slides. I, I think those have been real, real helpful. Um, I wasn't using them early on just because I had already had kind of like a system in place, but it kind of, I mean, structures it for you in a way as far as like how how to teach the lesson. And um, and you can also interact with, the students can interact, I haven't used Nearpod yet, but like with Google Slides, um, they can also do it that way. Um, the one downside of that though, and like I said earlier, is I like the kids to actually write with a pencil and paper, so I think, that's the one reason why I don't like them as much, but for sure they're a useful tool to get through the the lesson.
5: Awesome! Thank you so much um, to each of you for sharing that valuable insight.
0: Yes, thank you. And I, I I love these these podcasts, and I know this one will be great for any elementary teachers who have not had a lot of experience with this program, and you know all of your tips and tricks and and all of your insight and your experience with this program is definitely helpful. So thank you so much again for, for being with us today on this on the show and Jeanette, as always, I greatly appreciate your help with the, the elementary um, topics. So thank you and thank you, Lisa, for joining us today. And to our, th- our listeners, we wanna thank you for joining us as, on today's show as well uh we look forward to your listener feedback um, on today's show please follow um, our show on vl2 lcps on twitter facebook and instagram again that's vl2 lcps Um, and then please please share feedback on the episode and maybe any ideas for future episodes on our social media platforms or at bl2 at lcps.net. Uh, thanks again for listening to today's show and we'll see you next time.